0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you'll be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good to see y'all this morning. I'm excited about this time of year because of what it represents. But let me pray real quick. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for loving us and just setting us free and and giving us a heart for you. And we just praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, I love that song because that really set me up, kind of, on some of the stuff that I want to talk about. Because so much of the time, we, we look at God and our relationship with God is what God can put on us for us to get good enough so that we can have a relationship with him. When the whole time, he's like, I've got everything that you never, ever need, and it's right inside of you. And I want to set you free, and I want to give you independence, and that independence only comes through me. And so, I train horses, and I do the colt starting challenges, as many of you know. And I only have a few hours to take a colt that's just barely halter broke and get them to a place where I can um, saddle them, ride them, take them through an obstacle course. And so there's two types of trainers when we get into this round pen. We get in that round pen and we look at that horse and there's a type of trainer that comes in and says, Here I am. I see that blank slate. And guess what? I'm going to put all the greatness that I have inside you, and I'm going to make you do what I want you to do. And it goes good for him for about five minutes. <laughs> and then it's pretty fun watching, right? And so I'm like, yoo-hoo, I wish I could just step back and watch these guys, because I know how this is going to go. Because in that time frame, it's going to be a rodeo, right? And we're not, if you want to go to a rodeo, go to a rodeo. But if you want your horse trained, you do not want your horse to buck. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So my goal is always to never have that horse buck. And if you get on that horse and it starts bucking, it's hard to get that stuff out of it sometimes. So, so I'm like, go to a rodeo if you want to do that stuff, right? Because it doesn't work. And that's what happens to us: is we get all this religious pressure put on us, and people are like, "You got to do this," and I'm going to put there's there's something missing inside you, and I'm going to put it in you. And there's only one person who can put anything in you, and that's Jesus. And when we accept him, then we live from the inside out. Our circumstances don't matter. The things that are attacking us or hitting us or going against us or going well don't matter because we're not living trying to get good enough. We're living from a place where we are good enough. And now we're expecting all of God's goodness, all of God's grace, God's blessings, not because we deserve it, but because he paid the price. And because he paid the price, now I deserve it. You hear what I'm talking about? And so so rather than getting in that round pin like that, I like to go in the round pin, and I like to get in, and I'm like, there you are. I see you. Now, we can deal with people like this, too. How are you reacting to people? Are you saying, look at me? Look how great I am? And it's hard when you're as good looking as me to not <laughs> say that, you know. Look at me, yeah. I mean, I look in the mirror every morning, I'm like that. But when I look at other people, I don't go, look at me. Because the focus is on me, and I'm not perfect. If you don't believe me, ask my wife, right? Or just hang around me for about 10 minutes, right? And so I don't want, look at me, I want to, I see you. And do you know what I see in you? Is not something that's broken and not something that's, blank, but I see something in you that's perfectly made by the creator and is born for this moment and is born to do what we're called to do. And you got everything you need locked up inside you. And guess what we're going to do? One step at a time, we're going to unlock this. And we're going to go places that you never dreamed that you could even go. Instead of enforcing myself on that, What I'm doing is I'm working with that horse, and I'm changing his heart, and I'm changing his belief, and I'm gaining his trust. And the moment that horse trusts you, you can do anything you want with that horse. And that's the way we are, too. Mm -hmm. You are God's greatest creation. You're made in his image. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that you can't accomplish with him. Problem is, is, we've been taught all our lives that we got to get good enough and earn our way to this or earn our way to that, and we'll never earn our way. Your good's never good enough, and your bad's always the worst. The more good I try to do, it's like kind of like digging a hole, man. I'm digging a hole, but I'm just digging it deeper, right? And I can't get out of it, and I don't like that, right? It's it's kind of kind of insane, isn't it, to do the same thing over and over and get the same results, and not change, right? And so something inside us has to change. There's something inside us that motivates us, and and everything that we do comes off of belief. When I get in the round pen with a horse, that horse has already had an experience with people. He already has a belief system about something that's going to happen with people. Do you know what belief is? Belief is an evaluation that we place in something or someone. Do you know what we're doing? We're placing a value on who they are or what they're about. So we're saying, can I believe in you? Are you going to be worthy of my trust? Are you going to be worthy of my heart? What value do you put on God? What value do you put on Jesus? Because you know what? Jesus paid a really huge price when he gave his life for us. The Father, when he sent Jesus to die for us, he paid a huge price for us by offering his only son, his one son, his only son on the cross. That's pretty good news for, for, for this cowboy. Do you guys hear what I'm talking about? It, it's about freedom. We're talking about independence, and it's for freedom that Christ set us free. Not that we can go into bondage, but so that we can have a heart for Him and have a, His heart living in us. And we live that from the inside out and we see God moving mountains because of what He can do and our faith in Him. And He's got a lot of faith in you. Mm-hmm. So we got to set this value and say, you know something? There's a value here. That I placed on God. There's a value here that, that I placed on that, that horse has to place on me, right? Because it's like he may have had a bad experience. Maybe they just roped him. Man, I've been to challenges where they've roped the horses and literally drug them in, right? And I had to gain that horse's trust because they had a bad experience, right? Then you get these horses and they come in, and you know what? It's pretty funny because they've like been babied their whole life, and you know what? Those are the hardest ones to work with. <laughs> right? They say, "How do I want you to go? I'm not going. You go. You're the one that does all the work around here. Who are you?" <laughs> I'm like, I like, I thought you were trained better than this, and they think they're training me to be what they want me to be, right? So every one of them places a value on me and evaluates me as I'm evaluating them. But I'm saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to make you uncomfortable. And I'm going to draw you out of where you're at because there's greatness inside you. Just like there's greatness inside of you. Right? And so I want to encourage you. If you want to change your belief, change the value on what? you're believing in or who you're believing in. So when God says His promises are yes and amen, what kind of value are we placing on that? What kind of value are we placing on what God says about something rather than what we think or or the obstacle that we're going through? Am I going to trust you and believe you when I'm uncomfortable? and going through hell just as much as i am when everything's going right and i've i've got like the birds flashing around me and i'm skipping and singing like a disney princess <laughs> try not to put that in your head <laughs> right am i going to trust you am i going to believe in you am i going to know you know something my dad said it and he's never lied to me and it looks impossible but you know something I'm going to do it. When I was a little kid, we were trying to learn to ride. And, and um, we get on these. They made us learn to ride bareback first. Can you believe that? They're, they're like, we don't want you hanging up, hanging up is what they told us. But really, I think they just liked watching us, you know. <laughs> Back then, it's like now people will be like, oh, my God, my kid. And they're like, are you all right? Yep. <laughs> they just laugh. And I was like, okay, this is not fun. But you know what? I learned to ride, right? And then they get this saddle up. And, and, and my uncles, when they taught me to ride, my grandpa, they, they didn't tighten the cinch because they're like, we're not going to restrict that horse. So you need to learn to get on that horse without a tight cinch. So, so we're trying to climb on and we're pulling on that saddle and that saddle's coming all the way over part way. And we're like, we're like short. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't grow up 5'11", you know? And so I was like this tall and the horse is like, this tall. They got shorter as I grew. Isn't that funny how things happen? That's the thing for life, too. Those things that you're looking at that are so big, the more you grow, the smaller they become, right? And so the saddle's like sliding over, right? And I'm like, it's going to go all the way under. No, that horse has got good withers. It'll catch the withers and you'll be just fine. Just crawl right on up there. And so here I am. Man, I look like one of those monkeys that ride ride a a border collie at the rodeo. Do you ever see them? And they're like all over. But you know what? I got on. It took me forever. And they had forever to wait on me. Right? I think it, it was better than TV. Right? Let's torture my grandkid or my nephews, you know, or my kid. But I got on. And no matter how far that tilted over, do you know why I kept getting on? Because I valued what they were telling me. I'd seen them ride. I'd see them succeed. I could see they could get on without having quite that mess. So I figured if they said I could do it, I can do it. I had a value placed that I trusted them. And no matter how it fell, it felt like that saddle was going to come all the way over. But you know what? It never did. And I always got on. And guess what? It started getting easier. And things started going smoother for me. Then I figured out, you know something? They might know what they're talking about. I could do this all along, right? And as cowboys, we call it swag, right? You get this swag. You're ever around some world champion cowboys or even not world champion cowboys. They all think they're world champions. that <laughs> that right, Orlin? Right? And they're falling off all the time. Ooh, look at me. Right? There's a swag they have about them. They're like, yeah, I can do this. You know, God didn't create us to walk around like this the whole time in our life. You know, in fact, when you're bent over, all you can see is like, Your feet. God wants us to get our eyes up and look. Mm -hmm. And say, you are my son. You are my daughter. You're made in a way that you never even imagined. You know, I was just studying the human body. If we would just study what it takes to make us tick. It would convince us that there is nothing that we can't accomplish with God. Right? Uh, There's like... Hundreds of miles of passages that blood has to flow through, and it's like every 33 seconds. Can you imagine that? Our brain has so many electronical stuff. (laughs) I'm a cowboy. Give me a break. right? That man, a supercomputer, the smartest supercomputer in the world, can't even hold a teacup to who we are. And our Father created us like that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good news. So that, that gives us something to value. Who are you valuing? What are you valuing? Some of us, we value what we can do. Well... I can do this and I can do that, but pretty soon you can run into something where you can't do it no more on your own. Then what do you do? There's going to be a time in your life where you're going to need help, where you're going to need that extra person to come alongside you, when you're going to need God. For me, maybe I'm a wimp because I need him every day. I don't just need him, I want him in my life, because I don't want to live a day without him. As a rabbi um, told me one time, someone was asking him, and they said, said, what is a punishment if you miss the Sabbath? Cause like for the Jewish people, they have a Shabbat service on, on, on Friday evening, and then on um, Saturday morning, the Sabbath, they have a service, and then they'll have an oneg, and they'll all get an onegs fancy word for a dinner, like a lunch. And it's good. Right? <laughs> I love lunch. Right? And then they'll have another evening service and they just spend time together and they spend time with God and they rest from what they're doing. And so they were asking they just said, Say, Rabbi, what's the punishment for missing the Sabbath? And he goes, Well, I think the greatest punishment for missing the Sabbath is you miss the Sabbath. You've missed the peace. You've missed the opportunity to gather with your community. You've missed, missed people coming around you and being able to help you and live this life with you. You miss the opportunity to, to take God and say, do you know something, God? I trust you above what I can do with my work, and I'm going to give you my day, and I'm going to trust that you're going to provide for me. When the Israelites were, were in the desert, right? Wilderness. They had manna would come down from heaven. On the sixth day, God said, I want you to collect double, and then I want you to rest. You know what? There was a double portion that come preparing for the rest. Are we trying to do everything on our own power? Under our own ability? Or are we going to trust God and say, do you know something? I'm going to do it with you. And I'm going to let you work through me. And watch what he does. I'm, I'm not going to do it from a place of work. But I'm going to do it from a place of rest. The scripture says, says that we labor to enter his rest. You know what I do? I work hard to rest. I work hard to rest. You say, wow, you know, I'm, and I don't mean I'm sitting on the couch every day, right? That's not real productive. Some days I would really love to just sit on the couch and watch TV, right? I don't always get you, and there's nothing wrong with that. Thank God for, for that. The rest I'm talking about is I rest in who he is and what he says about every situation in my life. And that's hard, right? Because I get where, oh man, I see the bank account. That means I got to work harder. Or I got to do this harder. And it's like, that doesn't come from me anyway. That's a gift from my Father, and I just get to harvest that. And so I'm going to rest in His promises and trust that He's going to provide for me and that He's going to make a way for me. And you know what he does? Nothing. I just sunk. I starved. You can see the results of that. No. He comes through because my work is to rest because of the value that I've placed in him. Now, here's the thing. Here's the kicker with that. There's some places that we want to rest, right? And there's some places that we don't trust him enough. We all got him, man. There's certain things I can trust him. Like, my salvation is so sure because I know that Jesus died for me and that I gave my heart to him and and that he's, he's, he's my father. I've got a new identity. I'm a new creation. I don't have a problem with that. But then, maybe over here on certain times on Provision... When things look bad, do you still trust him? Every one of us have a place where we can grow and where we can trust God more. I I find that with horses, right? Every one of them are different. Like one horse will let me move their feet around real good, but when you go to get a tarp or a saddle on them, they're like, I'm going to the hot dog stand. (laughs) I'm out of here. This is over, Right? And then the next horse, he may not let me move his feet around. He says, I'm checking out. What is that? So we're all unique. And we all have different places to grow. And we all have different things that we can do. And we find that in trust. We find the answer in trust. I try to find my weakest spot and, I, and say, you know something? I'm going to trust you. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna trust you. You know where I find the easiest way to trust? Through this. Yeah. I renew my mind. Yep. My 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 mind's got to change, in in order for for me to change, because everything comes through what we believe. You may not believe that, but it's true. Everything comes through what we believe. So, what am I going to do? I'm going to reevaluate. I'm going to revalue what I've been taught. And I'm going to wash it through the Word. And I'm going to study the Word. Right? Faith comes by watching TV, (laughs) by going to school. By being a Seahawks fan? No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Or hearing about Jesus. When we, we get in the, and we, we hear, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You know what more than a conqueror means? It means I enter a rodeo. I ride a bull. And I ride the bull and I get beat up. And I come home, not that I'm going to ride a bull. That's for dumb people. That There's actually one dumb person that was in, the, in this room who used to ride bulls. So God bless him. Right? Right? So I ride the bull and I win, and they give me a buckle and they give me this check. I'm like, I'm a champion. Woo hoo, woo And I come home. Hey, honey, look, I'm a champion. She said, That's right. And she grabs it. And she's gone. See, I'm a champion, but she's more. I'm a conqueror. I'm a champion, but she's more than a champion, right? She's more than a conqueror. And that's what God's saying to you. He said, I've already fought the battle. I've already rode the bull. I got the check right here. And we should be going, yeah, watch this. I'm more than a champion because I'm going to take your peace and I'm going to take your grace and I'm going to take your mercy and I'm going to take your provision and I'm going to take everything that you paid for because you want me to have it. right? See, I've been mad at her. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I'll just go write another one because I'm a champion. And I'm glad she took that, and I want her to take that because I love her, and I'm supposed to give my life for her just like Christ gave his life for the church. And we get that attitude. There's nothing in the world that can stop us. You know what I'm talking about? The problem is, is how we see things. Sometimes we see things or hear things in a, in a, in a different way, and there's times we don't know where, where we're seeing things. Well, I have a cowboy hat, and I wear it a lot in the summer. I put my sunglasses. I, wear sun- I got these cool sunglasses, man. I make John Lane, Wayne look not cool, <laughs> right? Not worried. I love them. And so I'd lost them, and then i just found them again. And so I liked sticking them on top of my hat. And so I was going around, and I couldn't find my sunglasses. <laughs> so I'm going through my car, and I'm going through the, the trailer, and I'm going through everything. I lost my sunglasses, and I'm pouting. So I stopped to get gas, and I walked by the window... And I see in my hat is sunglasses. You know, they were there the whole time. I was going crazy looking for something that I already had. How many of us are doing that in our lives? You already have it. It's not something that's out there in the far beyond. It's already inside you. Is there a picture? I loaded a picture. I just put it there. It's blank. So I put a picture of a blank. Oh, there it is. It's chocolate, right? So I'm going to preach for a minute and let you guys think about that. <laughs> You're like, why would you put that up there? I just wanted to mess with your brain. It has no purpose whatsoever. Right? In, in Joel chapter 2 and chapter 3, we were studying and we are talking about how these locusts come in. And they just stripped Judah bare. And these people had nothing left. Right? And they were in a famine and then God starts talking about, hey, I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. Not only that, you're going to have wine and new wine and you're going to have an abundance and I'm going to do all of this. But can you imagine what they're thinking? I don't understand that because all I see is famine. All I see is desolation. All I see is trouble all around. I'm hungry. I'm starving. And you're telling me I'm going to have an abundance? So they had to come to a place where, where they were like, you know something, God? I'm going to trust you above all else. And God gave them this promise. And he said, and afterward I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Can you imagine what they're thinking? We're starving, you're giving us all these promises, and now you're talking to us about something that's going to happen way in the future. But he wasn't. Because he was trying to change their mindset, trying to say, you can't depend on anyone but me. I'm your source. In the midst of everything falling apart, Mm -hmm. I'm your source. Will you trust me? And then I love this, and he says, And everyone named James will be saved. (laughs) I didn't read that right, did I? No. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. And as the Lord has said among the survivors whom the Lord calls. And he's giving us a clue because he's saying on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. You know where Mount Zion is? They also call it Mount... That's where Mount Moriah is too and and the temple. And they, they a lot of them consider like, like um, Jerusalem Zion or the children of Israel and the people we're actually grafted in. So we're... Zion, right? You know Mount Moriah where the temple was? The the rabbis say is the very place where Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. You know what they did in the temple? That's where they offered the sacrifices of the lamb. You know what else happened in Jerusalem? We see Jesus was sacrificed there too. There is no coincidences in this book. It lines up perfectly. It's got all these different authors Men that were used, but it's got one author. Mm -hmm. And it flows. And it moves together, right? But he says this. It's through Jesus and his blood and his finished work that you have any hope. Mm -hmm. And only through him. And when you say, you know something? God, I trust you. I know who you are. Maybe you don't look like something I've ever seen before. We went to Portland for um, some training with Nam, and we're staying in this little hotel thing and it's got like an oven and we're, we're at right now, we can't cook. So Linda's like, let's cook, make some cookies. It's like, cool, what do you need? Well, I need eggs and flour and all this other stuff. And she goes, oh, and I need bacon soda. <laughs> it's like, you want bacon soda? We're Jewish. You know that, right? Like, no, I want bacon soda. Okay, I'll go to the store. So I go to the store, and I find bacon soda. And I'm like, you know something? This is so awesome, because I don't even have to put chocolate in it now. Look at that. And so I'm like, you know something? I'm a conqueror, I'm a champion, and I'm going to bring this, and I'm going to say, look, honey, look what I found has already got the chocolate in it, what kind of cookies are these going to be? So I do, and she looks at me kind of like a calf looks at a new gate, which was not the experience I was looking for. I'm a conqueror, remember? Remember? What were you thinking? That's not baking soda. You didn't say baking soda. You said bacon soda. Right? And that's what I got. I think that's the right thing. Don't you think I did good? Right? So guess what I had to do? I had to go back to the store. Man, then I was a conqueror. Right? 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 That's how we are. We hear something, and we think bacon soda, and God's saying, baking soda. What's the difference? Bacon soda, I didn't, don't even want to drink it. <laughs> I mean, you put chocolate with bacon, yuck. That's almost like mayonnaise, Right? <laughs> It's just horrible. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like, I don't even want to eat that. But then you get baking soda. You know what baking soda does? It's a, le- a leavener, right? You know what it does is it makes the cookies rise. But it won't make the cookies rise unless there's an acid in it. There's got to be something that comes and reacts with that baking soda to create those bubbles and all those things where it makes that cookie actually rise. And you know what you guys are? You're baking soda, not baking soda. And <laughs> Oklahoma is just baking soda, right? Texas, too. Texas is slower. Baking soda. Because <laughs> they're, like, really slow there. That's why they can, like, take their driver's license and put it on the window and park in any handicap zone in all 49 states. <laughs> if you're from Texas, I'm glad I said that. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, but you got this, this bacon soda, right, baking soda. Taking my Oki accent out of it. And it gets this acid in it, then it just explodes. Those things that are coming against you, they're not meant to keep you down, they're meant to bring the greatness out of you and cause you to rise. Right. And without that, we'd just be ordinary. I can go a cult starting challenge, and it doesn't sound very fun if they bring me old Shep that's broke that anyone can ride. <laughs> I mean, what's the challenge in that? Do you know what brings the greatness out in me? It's when it's a challenge, right? You don't make it to the Super Bowl and run the Seahawks out and then have a peewee team standing across the room, the field. Why? Because that wouldn't bring greatness out in anyone. It just caused a lot of ambulance calls and <laughs> kill a lot of little kids. <laughs> that would not be fun watching at all. God's called you. He's created you. And you are more than a conqueror through him who lives inside you. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Now, what value are you going to place now? Are you going to place that value that you have? Or that maybe a parent or a grandparent or the world or those school kids said? Or are you going to trust what God said about you? Who are you going to value? There's a scripture I'm going to close with. And it says this. For no matter how many promise God has made, they are maybe. They are just wait a while. No, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us. To the glory of God. You know what we get to say? He says, "Man, I've made you more than a conqueror." You know what our our response is? Amen. That's right. I believe what you said. He said, "You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath." Well, I look below, but that's. I trust you. I believe you. Amen. So be it. All you got to do is say amen to God. Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. It's who that makes us stand firm? It's God. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Rabbis talk about this too. It's like he put a seal on the Jewish people, which he put a seal on us too. And the reason that he put a seal on it is so that any time he can come back and, and if they're lost or gone, they know, hey, you got a name tag. I know who you belong to. You're not common. You have someone who loves you. No matter how lost you feel or how lost you are, he always says, You know what? I've got my name written on you. Mm-hmm. Come to me, mm-hmm. and I'll give you rest. Amen? Amen? So, Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that, that you're working in us. So I just ask that you change our mind and in the places we need it changed so that we can rest in you and know that all your promises are yes. And we say amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.